0: the call to action i think was the op-ed piece by dr mike friedlander who really slapped me in the face and kind of gave me a wake-up call
1: good morning i'm kim blair
2: and i'm john phillips and this is virginia technology today our show is a public affairs feature of wfir kim we have a full house today the great group from the roanoke blacksburg technology council the rbtc Joining us are David Catalano, the CEO for Osmo, located in Blacksburg, Kathy Clayter Vice President for Human Resources with Delta Dental in Roanoke, and Dr. A.K. Ward, Associate Professor of Management with Virginia Tech. This group joins us today to discuss the RBTC's important task force on technology, diversity, and inclusion.
1: Thank you all for joining us on the show this morning. Kathy. Could you please start our discussion by explaining some background on the topic and its importance to the technology companies in our region?
0: We began this journey about a year ago when Mike Friedlander, who um, is responsible for the Fralin Biomedical Center, wrote an op-ed piece expressing some concern that he was losing some of his diverse talent. And some of the background or some of the reasoning that he believed he was losing some diverse talent was that the community wasn't as welcoming to diversity. And he really challenged us here through the RBTC and through the tech community to explore that and and try to help him solve this problem. It is a problem, it's a compelling problem for tech companies here across the region, particularly if we want the tech community to to grow and flourish. I would say that in a nutshell kind of sums up what we're about in terms of our diversity um, task force arranged by the RBTC.
1: Dr. Ward, or AK, if you allow me to call you AK, uh, please tell us more about who is represented in the communities that your committee is seeking to connect into our technology
3: community. I'm not actually a member of the RBTC. I was brought in as a diversity, equity, and inclusion expert to help out with this stuff. So, in general, from a broad perspective, it would be ideal to look at this, you know, multiculturally. How can we create this environment in which everyone can feel like they're included and can belong? But in a lot of the things that I've been working on with the RBTC, we've been really focusing on both the current and future black technology community. This is a population that's been missing from the technology professional networks here. And it's a population that's been hurting. A lot of the work that we've done, we've looked at people who are already technology professionals from the black community, see what their needs are. A lot of people report that they feel lonely because they will go to an event and they're the only people there who look like them. And so so that's part of it. But the other part of it is looking out into the community to see where are folks who could be technology professionals, who could be a part of this network. And so, a lot of the stuff that we've been asking people about in listening sessions is you know, what about the next generation?
2: Well, David Catalano is the owner of Osmo. I'll turn the qu- next question to you. Got a great deal of experience as being an owner of a technology company on recruiting folks. And actually, your company has a super reputation for hiring women and underrepresented groups into the technology industry. Tell me, why do you feel this is important to your company?
4: Well, thanks for the compliment, John. The reason that it's important is because studies have shown that diversity, more points of view, uh, leads to more ideas, which makes companies better, you know, whether it's efficient, innovative, uh, whatever those adjectives might be. And I think that, you know, as as far as hiring for women in underrepresented groups, now I'll speak real quick to kind of women first before on. Uh, underrepresented groups you know early in my career read a book that was very eye-opening for me as a young leader it was called women don't ask and while I think this generation of women do ask you know the fact remains that you know we need to advocate for equal pay especially for women who historically and you know stereotypically speaking uh, have been less apt to, to negotiate and and more tolerant of underpay and so addressing diversity around women just as with people of color is, can be as simple as pausing on when you're starting to do group interviews for a position until you have, you know, diversity, you know, a diverse set of candidates. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have to, um, you know, have quotas or anything like that or, or not pick the best person for the job, but just, you know, are we doing what we need to be doing to find, to find those people As for underrepresented groups, John, I think that, you know, my thoughts have evolved on this a little bit. I believe that first and foremost, we need to be creating a welcoming environment for people, whether they're LGBTQ or, you know, in this part of the world, you know, if they're non-Christian or, you know, here in Blacksburg, if they're, you know, UVA grads, you know, whatever that might be, we need to be creating a welcoming environment. And I thought that was good enough. And I think for, for LGBT community, I think it's, to me, it, it's, it still is, but I think that, you know, we need to do better as, as what's become very obvious over the course of this, uh, this last year as we've been doing these listening sessions and, and discovery processes that, you know, we need to do better about uh, welcoming in, um, you know, black and Latinos uh, into, into technology. And, and that's really what I think is important for us to discuss today.
1: It's great to have a full panel on today's show, including David Catalano, A.K. Ward and Kathy Clater. Kathy, let's turn back to you for a minute. You represent one of the largest technology companies in our region, Delta Dental. I know you seek to attract employees from many backgrounds into your workforce. How can the technology community reach those communities? And what do you think can attract more people from a more diverse workforce into the technology? industry
0: yeah so so thank you Kim we learned so much on our uh, diversity task force when we held a series of listening tours with black and brown technologists who are in this region we learned from them that there are, many places that we can reach out to form partnerships for example local black and brown churches local black and brown schools neighborhoods and such that we can reach out to tell our story about technology we found that um, many many kids as they're Um, going through school are focused on gaming and want to learn more about gaming, but they can't maybe make the connection between gaming and a professional career and technology. And so we felt one opportunity was to to reach out um, to these neighborhoods, to these communities, to these schools, to to just provide education about what it's like to be a technologist um, and and to explain more about the skill set the learning, either through a community college system or local university, or even going through the the career paths of the high school to to just educate folks to start building the career path long term, to, to really say technology is a really great career and a great profession.
2: Dr. Ward, we don't want you to feel left out of this conversation. You've got tremendous experience and done a lot of research here on diversity, equity and inclusion and your role as an associate professor at Virginia Tech. But it's also really great to have you providing that knowledge to our regional group. Please provide our listeners with some perspective on your research. It's certainly internationally recognized. And what have you learned that's applicable for outreach within our regional community?
3: Thanks, John. Um, So lately, for the past several years, I've been really focused in... On how organizations can build climates, uh, supportive climates for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Just recently, a couple weeks ago, um, with some fellow hokies, Dan, Bill, and Haojun Zhang, I had a paper accepted at an elite journal that emphasizes the role of trust in building these supportive climates. So, if you consider an organization that wants to start implementing diversity initiatives, you know, making some efforts to build their diversity climates, well, a lot of times it, it backfires, and one of the main reasons it'll back fire is because the employees don't already trust the leaders. And when that happens, you, know, you bring in um, you you bring in all these new initiatives and, they, and employees may think, well, they're just trying to check the box or they don't know what they're doing. They're not going to do it right. Or my group's not going to be dealt with the same as other groups. And so if employees don't trust the leadership already, then a lot of those efforts can backfire. Um, and the really, really interesting thing is that's the case in organizations where the diversity Climate is already kind of bad. In organizations where the diversity climate is already pretty supportive, you don't have that relationship. Trust isn't as much of a as much of an issue. But anyway, this um, paper to me is super relevant for uh, what we're doing now because we have to make sure that the people we're trying to reach out to really trust the folks involved. Because if they don't, then efforts are kind of futile.
2: Dave Catalano, Osma CEO, and Kathy Clater, vice president for HR with Delta Dental, and Dr. A.K. Ward, Associate professor with the Virginia Tech Pamplin College of Business. Thank you for joining our show today.
1: We also want to say a particular thank you to our executive producer, Joey Self, for making the show possible, and Bill Trafiro with Thought Out Media for producing the program. Until next week, I'm Ken Blair.
2: And I'm John Phillips, and this is Virginia Technology Today.